This is Believe in Buckeyes with Brian Brownie and Chindy Chekwad. This show is brought to you by Bent Online. Chim Hinder with the ad. So the only people that don't get time off this time of year are pro athletes and us at Bet Online. With NFL bowl season and NBA in full swing over the holidays, Bet Online isn't taking a second off to make sure you have all the up to the second odds news and info. Bet Online has all the sports wagering info available that you need with both desktop and mobile access. So head there today to get in on the action. Remember to use your promo code BLEAV, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. And yes, if you have any issues with gambling, always feel free to reach out to 1-800-GAMBLERS. They're 24-7 to help you out if you need any assistance. But yes, it's 2024. It's a brand new year. Brand new year. Uh, Brand new year. And before we <laughs> ended 2023, our Buckeyes went out and they laid an egg in the <laughs> cotton bowl against the Missouri Tigers, losing that game 14-3. to uh, we have a we have some thoughts, we, you know. We have some discussions we want to get into. But first off, Jim, looking at that game, what did, what are your thoughts? What did you see? I mean, so, uh, let's start off with something positive. I mean, yeah. we got a lot of negative. Let, let's let, let's hit them with something positive. Yeah. yeah, yes. Let's start off with something positive. The Silver Bullets came out and they performed. They played Silver Bullet defense for most of the game. You know, obviously, you when you're going against a team and and you only playing defense, you're not moving, doing much on offense, eventually your defense is going to get tired. They're going to give up something. Um, but for most of the game, the, I thought the, the defense played well, attacking defense. Um, you know, we got some pressure on the quarterback, got some sacks, um, some big plays. And the defense overall completed this season pretty much top five in every category that really, really mattered, right? Opponents, touchdowns. Scoring defense, total yards, um, et cetera, et cetera. So, so hats off to the defense. They came ready to play. Yes, um, they came ready to play in a bowl game against a, a top ten team, um, and they, you know, they can continue to show what we saw all year that they're a defense that was worthy of being up there with the best. Yeah, and uh, unfortunately, Chum, it's uh, three phases to the game: offense, special teams, and defense. And Defense brought it, and for the other phases of the game, uh, they 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 did not do so much. So you know, essentially looking at that game, um, it was it was it was frankly it was disappointing. I'm gonna just say it was disappointing. Uh, I actually went to the game, so I, this is my first time going to a bowl game as a fan, right? Obviously, we went every year as a player, and you know we won some, we lost some, but you know it's a total different experience to kind of go down there as a fan take in the environment and kind of go out there and, and, and hope our guys perform well. And I would say going down there, um, Missouri really wanted to win. Uh, yeah. They had a lot, they, they had a lot of fans there active uh, in the pregame during the game, post game, uh, that game meant a lot for them. And, and you could tell, and they kind of went out there, um, you know, obviously looking at things. I, I, I know they, they was very appreciative of the win but knew that maybe Ohio State wasn't having their best day, but obviously they took a hold of the situation and and they held on to it and, and they got the job done. Yeah, yeah, they got it done. And you got to think for Missouri, you got really got to go back. If I'm thinking of this correctly, you got to go back to when we played. Um, you look at uh, the last time Missouri had this level of wins and we're in this type of position. This is Chase Daniel at quarterback, right? This is 2007, 2008. 
um, over over a decade ago. So really, this was their best season in over a decade. And they, no matter what Ohio State put on the field, I don't care. They didn't care who they trotted out there. They were going to cap this season off the right way. Um, and honestly, that's great. I thought that was, you know, I was I was not just excited because Missouri isn't the big name brand game, right? right. Um, but I was excited that Missouri didn't have a ton of guys in the transfer portal that were big contributors on the team. They had some guys mm-hmm. that went on the transfer portal. But these are guys that didn't play, play a lot. They didn't have a bunch of guys sitting out getting ready for the NFL draft, right? They had a bunch of guys who they had the same team that they had all year outside of a, a couple of guys who were injured. Um, and they were going to give Ohio State their best shot. And the the great thing about it, you know, we had Jordan Hancock on the, on, you know, on the show. We had Dallin Hayden on the show. Um, and they talked about how they, had, how they had a good bowl season in terms of practice. A lot of guys coming back to play in the game, not sitting out of the game. Um, so I was excited. And we had... Devin Brown, um, Devin Burnabos Brown getting ready <laughs> to have his his breakout um kind of audition for, for next year. So, you know, I thought the mindset from the player standpoint, at least based on, you know, our our discussions with the Jordan Hancock, um, was one that was gonna give us a good game. And honestly, the defense did they did it. They yeah. did they did what, what we expected. Right, they went out there against Missouri. Missouri averaged thirty-two points a game this season, and obviously it's the SEC, and we we can debate to be blue in the face who's the best conference in college football yeah. this year. Personally, I felt like it was the Pac-12, but in in the in the SEC, they they really dominated. I mean, they had two losses on the season: one to Georgia. Obviously, you know Georgia was never ranked number one all season. They lost a close game to LSU. The Georgia game, it wasn't blown out. It was a, also a game that was in, uh, I believe, one score or, or maybe 10 points or so of that game. And then you look at it like, I mean, they was going out and they was beating teams pretty handily. I mean, they start off the season with some close games against some, I will say, lesser opponents. But once they kind of get the SEC ball, they really turned it on and, and had a fantastic year. So our defense really went out there. And, I mean, they, they played well. They played well, like we said. Um, Jack Sawyer showed up a lot. Cody Simon made a ton of plays. Jordan Hancock made made a handful of plays as well. And as a unit, I think they just kind of stood on uh, stood on business more or less and just kind of went out there and did it. But obviously, um, we're going to score three points, right? <laughs> we only scored three points as an offense. And um, it, it really looked – this was the first time, I guess, ever in the Coach Day era that I could think of that our, off- our offense really was the, the head-scratcher – and looked like a unit that really wasn't um, up for the task, a unit that wasn't, we frank, seemed like they was willing to compete or essentially coach, uh, coach well enough to kind of compete in yeah. that situation. Uh, what did you, what's the, well, I guess, what comes to your mind when you're thinking about our offense that we tried out there uh, Friday, Friday evening? So I just talked about how, you know, we had Hancock on here, and, you know, he kind of talked about how they had a group chat and they had, you know, the, the guys – talked about how important this game was um, for the players to win and get started on the right foot for next year, regardless of who's coming back and who's not. This was important to kind of continue to propel the team forward. Honestly, I can't say the same for the coaching staff. I don't don't, offensively, offensively. I want to, I want to be clear in that because that team was not prepared to go win this type of football game. They just weren't, they just weren't prepared. 
Um, it was bad football offensively. Um, and it really started up front. It started at a place. You know, when you think about Ohio State, there's certain things that we take for granted at an Ohio State-type team. One of those things is special teams. We mm-hmm. expect to have high-talented players, good kickers, right, who are going to perform well in the kicking game, players who are highly athletic, they're going to perform perform well on special teams, whether or not they're starters or, or whoever. We got talent across the, the roster. And then in the trenches, specifically in the offensive line, you expect to have guys who can get it done. Yeah. You don't even really think too much about it until bad things happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but this, what I what I watched, and really it, it kind of throughout the season there was there was there was some issues, but the bowl game was really it, it was a little bit it was embarrassing to see the level of play on the offensive line and how le- how how porous and how how leaky that offensive line was in the past game and. It, it it just, I, you know, it was just it was one of those things where it's just like you just don't expect that from Ohio State type team, right. and it was a it was a, it was a game where I felt like they just weren't prepared, they weren't prepared, not and, and I put it almost ninety nine percent on the coaching staff just did not get them ready to play in this in this bowl game. Yeah, so I mean, let's kind of I guess dive into what happened. So after the game. So, like I said, I'm in the stands. I'm kind of – obviously, I'm looking at the O-line, right? And it's like, man, we start off the game. It's like, man, this is kind of pretty slow, yeah. you know. And I'm looking like, who's snapping the ball? Like, well, you know, this is, this don't seem like this is Carson Hensman snapping the ball. And I look at it like, well, it's Matt Jones. Like, you know, Matt Jones played right guard all season. He started at right guard for us every game of the year. Carson Hensman started at center every game of the season. And this pretty much was our unit. We was fortunate that we had no significant injuries. You know, these guys, our, our starting five started this whole season. And uh, at right guard playing, I had to look at the roster, figure out, you know, we got, uh, I'm, I'm maybe said for Enoch Vamahi playing at right guard, yeah. Matt Jones is at center. And so after the game, first, <laughs> I have one question to ask, right? They get, hey, like, what's going on with the offensive line? Why wouldn't Carson Hensman out there? And Coach Day, he answered the question, um, obviously, don't know how truthful it was, but he basically just said that, you know, going to the last couple of weeks of preparation, they felt that Matt Jones at center gave them the best opportunity to win. Therefore, the, the guy stepping into that uh, spot at right guard, Enoch was playing in that position. He started and he played essentially the game. And um, like I said, the offensive line was not up to par. Um, is that To me, that's a, that's a very – um, I don't know. It's, it's a it's a very crazy change <laughs> to pull out in the bowl game. Like you know, yeah. every guy you know guys are healthy. You just kind of switch out the center. Uh, you switch out and, and play a, and play a right guard that essentially I haven't played much here at Ohio State. Um, we all, we have been having issues on the on the edges all year at the offensive tackle positions, whether it's uh getting beat or it seems like a lot of times there's a lot of uh missed assignments going on at that tackle position. But then you put in a new guard and essentially as a unit, it just it just doesn't fit well at all. Uh, Missouri is kinda having their way up front, especially early in the game when we was trying to get things going. It seemed like there was a lot of missed blocks there. And then in the blitzing game, it seemed like we really didn't have a plan for it. So whenever Missouri wanted to blitz and wanted to put pressure on our quarterback, that pressure hit home. We really never showed an answer for it. Um, essentially, when you got younger quarterbacks, you would have thought that they would have had some type of 
scheme plan for this and it, it didn't really appear to be there and yeah. essentially as an offense we just we just did not look good did yeah look good. yeah i mean i understand you know there's there's there were some challenges right you yeah. had your starting quarterback who was starter all year veteran quarterback who who leaves transfers immediately after a season then you have the the guy who was back backing him up who was in competition at early in the year um in Devin Brown to to be in that position um who got hurt in the game right so you have a, a true a truly true freshman a guy who just showed up in in the summer he was he hasn't he wasn't there for all offseason he showed up in the summer didn't take a lot of reps all year. This is the reality of it. When you're the third string guy, you're not taking a ton of reps throughout the season. And really, at some point, he might have even been the fourth string. They had yeah, three right. guys, three quarterbacks. So he wasn't taking a lot of reps all year. So I understand some of that. But the offensive line situation, I don't understand. Okay? <laughs> you know, there's – you know, Ryan, to answer the question about, you know, why Matt Jones was put, was put at center. There's other speculation out there. Uh, uh, Hensman did a, a podcast where he talked about they wanted to get Matt Jones. It wasn't Matt- this podcast. It was. It was not this podcast. <laughs> um, whatever happened, happened. But to me, what the failure was, even if it's, even if it was a, a backup guard that they put in that that position for whatever reason, that guy has to be ready to play. Yeah. Right. If if he if he can't go out there and perform at a at a level that can protect the young quarterbacks that are going out there, he can't be out there. And that's just the reality of the situation. Like, the offensive line should be ready. Even if the starting guard or henchman or whoever got hurt in the game and we had to bring in a backup. Like, yeah. we have to it have – It should look better than that. We, should should look better. we have to have a plan for it. Like, there has to be a plan. And um, that's the failure from the coaching staff. I think, you know, they just were not prepared to play ball. And honestly, going just beyond the offensive line, you know, you know, we were we were excited to get a chance to see Devin Brown out there. Unfortunately, he got hurt and didn't get a chance to to finish the game. But when he was in there, and I know he I know he didn't get a lot of a lot of opportunity, but it just didn't look great, man. It yeah. just didn't look great. Uh, no, no, I mean, like when he was out there, it looked like we was trying to do some like screen games, right? Yeah. Um, I feel like Henderson had he was doing okay early. He had hit on some stuff, but once again. Really, I'm gonna say based to a lot of O line play and really the way we we play the game um, as offense, like you know, it wasn't you know too much there. And then Devin Brown, his performance was his performance. Um, I think is we'll kind of get to a little later in the show, but you know, I, I, he didn't show enough, right, for us yeah. to say confidently that you know he's or be our starting quarterback uh, when it comes to the 24 season. So. Um, obviously, he he has some things to learn, improve on. Uh, hurt the ankle early off a of blitz. One another blitz. One, uh, one of the many blitzes that, that got home and affected our offense. And uh, you know, we, we kind of left a he left a lot on the table, right, for us to kind of you know keep that competition going on into the year, and we'll see where we goes here. But I just have to say this though. I mean, I, I was at the game, right? So I got you know, it's always an eye test when it comes to football, and that's just yeah. from. Little leagues, right? You know who's the bigger, stronger team when we go going out here to play football, and Ohio State checked that box. We're the bigger, <laughs> yeah. stronger looking unit when it comes to Missouri, um, not hands down. But it did, to me, there's a when we was talking about the coaching, it's like there's an issue here that we just can't get into 
some heavy formations. We got to put a tight end out there, a fullback or ace back, wherever you want to call that position, and just kind of wear on guys and just kind of line up and get some double teams and get some guys move and go north and south up and down the field. First play of the game, we run, we call like a, a end around to the running back and we lose four yards. I'm like, well, this has to be Missouri strength, running yeah. side, <laughs> side line to yeah. sideline. Well, as a unit, we don't have this kind of this kind of offense installed where we could just line up and just kind of go north and south, up and down the field. Everything is very lateral in Coach Day's offense. And as a former offensive lineman, I think that's um, it's get, it's pretty frustrating because like it, it, it like we talk, we know we got two young quarterbacks going in there, right? We know well, we got one quarterback going there that's young. He gets injured. We got to play an even younger quarterback. We decided we're not going to uh, put our best offensive lineman out there, our best five. We're going to uh, switch over a guy and put a guy at guard. Man, help these guys out. If you have this stuff installed in your offense, you go out there and you run the ball north and south, man, it's very easy to mask that a guy, if, if a guy's not fully gelling in. But the way we do things, I feel like it's a lot of um, gimmick football, try to make you look over here and hit you over here type of stuff instead of just kind of playing behind your pass and just kind of putting your will on guys and pushing them around and winning the game in that fashion. So it's it's frustrating. It was frustrating. Yeah. And and it's frustrating. And and, and then it it takes us to the question. Okay. Um, The question is, and a lot of, you know, a lot of fans had the emotional response after that game, as you would expect, uh, you know, is it time to fire Ryan Day? Um, and I am not in the fire Ryan day room. I'm not very close to that room at all. Right. I'm not even sure that room exists in my house currently. Okay. <laughs> um, and there's a, there's a number of reasons why, but, but I, I do want to hit on the fact that you, you talked about the run game. I think that's kind of a microcosm of the issue today. Um, because when you're at Ohio state, I know the the Jeremiah Smith, the 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 Marvin Harrison, the Mecca book, all the all the talent on the edges that is amazing and is great. But foundationally, you should be able to get big, tough, physical players up front, where you don't have to. I mean, yeah, you could do some of the misdirection, some of the gimmick stuff as a, a, a add on, but it shouldn't be your foundation, yeah. right? And what we're start, starting to see is some cracks in the foundation. Uh, that are emerging that need to be solved for. It started off defensively, and it took a couple of, a couple of years, but we we finally got that addressed. Now it's becoming to to keep up offensively. And to me, I'm I'm not ready to say uh, fire Ryan Day because from an emotional standpoint, I understand the emotional response. But and and you need that emotional response. You need that. It's, it's important to have that emotional feeling. It's but. From a rational standpoint, Ohio State is a is a is a is the type of organization that you can't handle just emotionally. Like you can't just make a snap decision because when you let go of Ryan Day in the transfer portal era, in the NIL era, and you go search for the next Ohio State coach, right? There's a lot of repercussions that come with it. And I'm not sure everybody thinks through. Um, what it means to 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 let go of a, a coach of Ryan Day's caliber, because you're not getting Kirby Smart, you're not getting Nick Saban, right? You're not getting 
I mean, there's a very few, there's a very short list of coaches that you would want to replace them with that you're probably not going to get. You also will have likely a mass exodus of players. I know we think the Ohio State brand is this thing that that draws players, which it does. Mm-hmm. It does draw a lot of players. But if a player comes expecting to play for a certain coach and that coach is gone, that player can leave with them. And yeah, let's go second level, um, Brian Hartline. There's yeah. no guarantee that a new coach keeps Brian Hartline on. So what happens <laughs> to all of these <laughs> all of these top receivers that we recruit? You know, what is it what does Hardline end up? Does he end up with Coach Fickle somewhere? Do all these do all these recruits move? To, so it, 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 we have to we have we can't we can't handle Ohio State hiring and firing so lightly. Um however, the 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 coaching has to um there there has to be some changes. Yeah. And and those changes I think start with the offensive line. I'm not saying get rid of the offensive line coach. But we have to fix the issues on the offensive line. We have to fix the issue on special teams. Um, well, we have a special teams coordinator in college football, and it is not working out currently. Um, and Ryan Day has to make some decisions on how he's going to continue to lead this team moving forward when it comes to play calling, when it comes to delegating to his coaches, and fixing some of these foundational issues that exist today. Yeah, and and I think you hit it right on the head. Me, I, once again, I'm not on the fire coach day bandwagon. Um, like I said, I think he, he wins a lot. I just think there's certain things he needs to improve at, um, and how he goes about doing certain things. I feel like maybe, and it's, it sounds weird, but like maybe he need to hire like a mentor, you know, someone that could kind of take an overall look at his program and kind of look at certain things that he may want to focus on and looking at improving. Going into this year, he had kind of stated that, you know, he wanted to kind of focus more on improving the entire team and not, and not so much on the offense side of things. And um, you see, basically when the season came, you know, he, he he promoted Hartline to be the offensive coordinator, but it looks like he still pretty much held, held on to the play calling responsibilities. And it was funny enough, like before this game, a Missouri coach, they had a presser and they got the whole cat, head coaches up there and he had like a little clip, right? Right. Yeah. And it was it was very good. And like, you know, he's just being genuine, but you know, like, you know, he's happy to be there. You could tell, you know, they're having a fantastic season. They're playing Ohio State. And they kind of asked him, um, you know, what did you do this year to kind of, you know, help this team kind of, you know, be better overall? And he says like they had like this saying up in this wall. I'm not gonna go into the saying because I'm gonna butcher it. Uh, but basically when it came down to it, he was an offensive guy who's used to calling the plays. Yep. He's always called the plays when he was coming over from Appalachian State. When he was over at Missouri, he was doing the same thing, he was calling the plays. And he had to say he had to have a talk with himself and say, like, hey, I'm doing my team this justice by holding on to this responsibility. I hired an offensive coordinator. I'm have to I I'm, I'm he's ready. I've trained him up. He's ready to do this job. Me as a head coach, my job is not just to be good offensively, but to look at the whole grand scheme of a team and figure out what we need to do to improve so we can kind of win in these situations. And it was like it was tough, but he he gave it up, and the team uh, obviously improved. Yeah. <laughs> they had the best season, like we said, they had in the last, I don't know, 15 years or so. And obviously Coach Day was there. I don't know if he was paying attention or not. But, you know, that's kind of what he was saying. That's what Coach Day said he was going to do this year. And we did see some improvements. That defense – night and day from last year, from last two or three seasons, right? Um, but it's still certain things that 
he has to see that there's an issue and get them fixed sooner. I think yeah. that's the thing. Like, you know, it, it shouldn't always take a whole season, two seasons, someone getting fired for something to get adjusted. See that it's a problem, make it a point of emphasis, and get it done sooner. Special teams is a huge thing for me, right? Because, I mean, if you look at one thing I feel like we could really improve on, the line needs to improve. I feel like with Coach Fry there, you know, we'll figure it out. But special teams, it's like, man, it's like they're just sleepwalking. It's like a phase of the game that we just not even consider. Like you said, we we recruit a bunch of four or five-star athletes, right? We got great athletes on the field. And before you can actually get to offensive defense, you usually start off in some type of special team role. And um, we're not getting – basically, all we're getting from them this season is mistakes. Like, all we can say about our special team this year is that they made some mistakes and we thought they faked some punts that we didn't think they faked. And we made some kicks, but then we missed some kicks. Uh, no return. I, yeah. I can't even think of return taking place for the whole season when it comes to a kickoff or a punt. Um, and it's like, man, that's a that's a phase of the game. If you could get something in, in those in those game in that in that possession, it sparks the whole team. It means a lot. And at the, right now, it's like we just kind of. Yeah, we just kind of it's like we like it's like almost like a um a designation. You got designated to special teams, so you got to line up here. And when you line up here, this is what you're supposed to do. And if you do what you do, and if you don't, you don't. But when it comes to kicking, we're not really returning kicks. We're just fair catching. And if it goes over your head, just let it go ahead and hit the ground. And on kickoff, we hope they kick it in the end zone, so you could just you know everybody could just jog off the field. We got to get back to like having a spunk there. Coach yeah. Day, uh, Coach Day, got to get something there. Urban always has something there. Trestle always has something there. When we look at the top teams; they're trying to do stuff, stuff there. We got to get it back. Yeah, we, and this, we, we we have to get it back. Yeah, and this is the thing. This is to me. This is what I see happening right now. It's Coach Ryan Day. What we we don't. I don't know if we 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 think about it. He is a rookie head coach. Ryan Day has not been a head coach anywhere. Okay, mm-hmm. so he's going through you know, rookie head coach, like, challenges that he had yeah. to uh, work through and, and learn from. And what we chose when we had the transition from Urban Meyer to Ryan Day, we, we chose stability over getting an experienced head coach. And it's it's been beneficial, but it also comes with this it's, it's downside, it's challenges. And if we blow it up now, we chose it. We, we were we would be saying that we chose stability, and then we blow up the stability, and now we're just out there trying to figure things out. And what I what I think, you know, Ryan Day is working through it, but I think he kind of hit it on the head is that um, it, it's time for him to continue to delegate because right now it seems like you, you you have an issue, you chase that issue, you correct it, but then there's a there's a leaky pipe somewhere else, and now you got to go mm-hmm. fix that one. It takes a little while, but you get it fixed. And guess what? There's another leaky pipe over there. And he needs to be able to rise above, um, empower his assistants, and continuously identify where the issues are and get them fixed. Um, And I think he's working through that. I think this is, to me, this is likely rock bottom for Houston. It's a a good place for rock bottom to be a 10-win season because that's really on floor for Ohio State. And the expectation is for it to go up from here. Now, if it doesn't, now we're having a different discussion. But I expect that it does. I expect that, you know, he continues to learn from this year. I think they approached that bowl game a little bit as a kind of like a, a an audition for a lot of a lot of people. 
I think they mm-hmm. shouldn't have, <laughs> but I think they did. And, you know, I think there's some learnings that come from that as well. Um, and I do think they build up from here. And I think we got to give them some time, a little bit more time to build up because I don't think the alternative is better. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I don't think the alternative is better. And, and with, I agree. But with that, you know, what's next? You know, we we still got a cube. We got still got yeah. We got a connection. Yeah. So obviously, we we played two young quarterbacks this this uh, past week, and that was good. We got Aaron Nolan coming in at quarterback, but right now, after seeing what I'm seeing, I'm not pinning my whole 2004 season on on uh, freshmen and young quarterbacks. I'm getting in that portal. Um, I'm getting in that portal. I'm, I'm gonna try to come up with a guy, someone with some experience, maybe someone with just one year or something like that, because you know you still want to keep your young guys uh, involved here, but. I'm getting that portal on that for the uh for that quarterback position, maybe the offensive line as well. Excuse yeah. me. Um, I don't know. Like it's tough to even say who guys are leaving or coming back. You just kind of got way to us announced because really, just you know, people in college six years, five. You, you just never know. <laughs> yeah. So, but obviously, we got some things we could look to improve there. Maybe get some more experience in that role as well. But um. Yeah, I think it's I, – I, I, they probably already started. But, you know, they have to get in the portal, maybe try to come up with a guy too so we can uh, ensure that next year when that playoff expand, there's just no question that we're, we're in contention and we're, we're in that thing. So Yeah, they got a good – I think they got to get aggressive in the portal. There's not many quarterbacks left in the portal. Cam, Cam Ward just announced NFL DJ – Ugalay, I don't know how exactly I said man. But he's committed <laughs> to Florida. Start. He's committed to Florida State. I think KJ Jefferson committed to UCF. So you're talking about at this point, you're talking about uh what is it? A uh, Will Will Howard Will, Will Howard. State. And there's been some rumors there. Yeah, there's been some rumors there, and hopefully those rumors are true because that's really the guy that's left. Um offensive line wise. I'm 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 sure there's some some guys teetering that may not be in a portal yet that I'm not saying tamper. <laughs> but <laughs> keep, keep your DMs open. Keep yeah. your DMs open. <laughs> uh, you saw uh, uh, Coach Prime put out something on Twitter saying, "Look, I saying I need a defensive lineman and I need a corner." He put that on Twitter. I need I need these things. You know, that's not tampering. That's just putting their things out there in the atmosphere. I'm sure there's some offensive linemen who would love to to come to Ohio State. So I think they need to really address those from a depth standpoint. Tight end, blocking tight end. I think they got one guy. Man, yeah, yeah, from Ohio University. We have a whole show on how we could we could use some tight ends. <laughs> there's some work to do. I think the defense is solid. I think we got some guys coming back that it hasn't been official, but I think there's some guys coming back that we expected Barry would move on. So the mm-hmm. team overall is solid, but there's some some cracks in the foundation that needs to be shored up, and to make sure that we are back competing on a in a playoff uh, next season. Yeah, that's for sure. But yeah, that that that's our show. That's believing Buckeyes. Um, yeah, so we'll be following up with things. We'll be keeping you guys in the loop. We'll be talking about the, the playoffs here. That's wrapping up in twenty four. You know who who who's the name champion, and we'll catch you guys next time. We like to end our show with always with an O H. I O. Go Bucks. Go, Go Bucks. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.